Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And in today's episode, we have a little bit of a challenge for each other. We're calling it Pitch Please. If you've listened to Read It or List It before, you'll know that every series that we do, we pitch four to five book titles in whatever genre we're breaking down in that series. And the challenge in that normal pitch episode is we have one minute to sell the other person on the book that we're pitching. In our first romance series, we pitched four books each for a total of eight books discussed. And depending on the success of the pitch, we decided to pick it up. That mm-hmm. was about six months ago, six and a half, seven months ago, which is... yeah absolutely crazy insane Um, absolutely insane where where has time gone i mean it's just so crazy to think that like when we did the first romance series like it was valentine's day yeah like which was only a month before the world shut down yeah like let's go back and listen to that episode and just like the the naivety that is in our like voices and like just like (laughs) oh little 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 baby Ashley and Phoebe you had no idea what would what would come to the world yeah I mean I remember I was at the gym and we were trying to we were talking about the new Frederick Bachman book being released and then we were like that's like forever and it's out it's it's out (laughs) the book's here um, or like blood and honey like i remember thinking like oh my gosh oh, we all the way until september for that book to come out and like now it's been out for like a week two weeks. did you get your copy yet not yet they did ship them i can't remember what is in my package but i think i got i got alternate dust jackets for them Ooh. um like exclusive content we'll see what they look like um but i guess i guess it also came with the serpent and dove alternate dust cover as well so Ooh. Yeah, I'm we really love a matching set. Mm-hmm. As you know, because I have, I did that with all my Throne of Glass books. Those are beautiful. Like those are works of art. I love them. They look so pretty on my shelf, and because I was always so jealous of the of your set because they're the white spines, and mm. I love like how that looks on the shelf. Except for the one, what Tower of Dawn? That's a different color. Um, um, the Assassin's Blade and Tower of Dawn are blue. Okay. Okay, yeah. I wouldn't mind that as much if Tower of Dawn was, like, the last book, so it was, like, bookended by the two blue, but, like, I I know I'm preaching to the choir here. Like, I know this already bothers you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited because we're going to get another bookcase for our living room um, Mm. so that that one can be where I can display, like, my special editions and, like, my collector's versions of books. Um, Yes. Because Nick has all these really beautiful, like, antique. He's, like, a really, he's a full, complete antique encyclopedia. He had on a floating shelf in his childhood bedroom. And he didn't think about, like, how heavy that would be. And it, like, came crashing down. Oh, Um, no. So he's always been, like, I need to have, like, the right shelf to display this on. So I'm excited to, like have like a place to display like all of my beautiful copies of books Mm -hmm. um and then the the library will just be like more of a functional space right right yeah that's what I had done with well I've got my like the way that my books my shelves are organized right now is in the living room which are there like more focal point books so it's Mm. I've got like a favorite shelf so I can just like I think there's something so comforting about having your favorite books 
like all together in one little spot it's like it makes me think that they're like all kind of like existing in the same space in the same world all the characters that brought me so much joy and happiness so I just like get to stare at those every day I kind of think of it like like Toy Story where like when we're not there they're all like going into each other's stories hanging out and they're like oh quick quick she's back go back where you belong (laughs) well speaking of favorites um maybe some of these ended up being on our favorites lists originally i pitched to ashley uh red white and royal blue by casey mcquiston well met by jen deluca husband material by emily belden and the worst best man by mia sosa and I pitched to you The Hating Game, The Girl He Used to Know, The Right Swipe, and Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating. I ended up reading The Hating Game, The Girl He Used to Know, and Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating. The Girl He Used to Know, I think, is probably one of the most surprising books that I've ever read. because I In a good t- way? In a good way, yeah. I typically really don't like when... 9-11 is used in books um as like not as like shock value like well I to just, create like some sort of like tension or conflict in the novel yes and though I felt the ending was rushed of the girl he used to know I didn't I, I don't know if it's because I knew that it was happening like the whole time you know because the how um she has the dates on the of each chapter, so you know, like, where, like, there's no way, like, no one puts, like, August 2001 in a book without, like, yeah, thinking that it's going to end up in September of 2001. Um, so I didn't, it did not bother me that it was in there. I just was, like, rushed because I would, sometimes I feel like every romance book feels rushed at the end because you're like, mm-hmm. ah, you're together, like... I want more. And then the author is like, and then they went to sleep and I put my happy characters to bed and you're like, give me more. <laughs> yeah. And um, I and that's why I've really grown to appreciate the epilogues mm-hmm. in romance novels. But I've, I've definitely also heard from some romance authors that they don't like to write epilogues because that like sometimes it is just about the happy for now and it's not a happily ever after with you know the 2.5 kids and a white picket fence sometimes it's just like a and then they were happy for this moment and like some people want that some people don't want the happily ever after so yeah definitely um but I really really enjoyed it I really liked that book um it's not the typical romance that I would usually read it was kind of like a quiet book um but so just like I I flew through it it was one that I could not put down um and then I also loved Josh and Hazel so Mm. much um and that was one one of my favorite characters yeah I I can I I can see why you would love her (laughs) um I I really liked it. I was another one that I could not put down. Um, I think I read it in a day. Like, you want to talk about, like, setting your reading mood and, like, a good vibe? Like, give me a book that I pick up Sunday morning and by Sunday night when I go to bed, it is done and I feel warm and happy and I'm just, like, content with how I spent my day. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Josh and Hazel is, like, a perfect – that is one of the few books – I even read that in – like two days I think I picked I started it the night before I went on a plane and like I finished it on the plane 
And that's really fast for me. And I think it's because like, in my opinion, Hazel's personality just like hooks you from the beginning. She's funny from page one and you're just like, Mm -hmm. I need to read this. Like I need more of her. I cannot get enough of her. Yeah. And Josh is just like really swoony. And I read The Hating Game. Um, which definitely is kind of like a buzzy book. I did like it while reading it. I did like, like the beginning is slow. I think everybody always talks about that. The beginning is slow and it is definitely a book where you're like, Hmm. If you like kind of take yourself out of it and you're just looking for a great enemies to lovers romance, like I do think it's fun. Um, But it also will give you the opportunity to kind of like look at the mechanics of the book and the mechanics of the relationship and maybe like see that it's not all, uh, that it could be romanticizing some things uh, that don't necessarily need to be romanticized. And I think that it's one of those books where you can acknowledge that like if you're looking at it critically, it's not going to be like something that would would stand the test of time I guess so to speak yeah I would agree with that but on the other hand a book that will absolutely stand the test of time for me is one of my favorite books now of all time is red white and royal blue which you pitched to me originally I'm so excited I when I say guys I loved Alex and Henry I loved them like Mm -hmm. very rarely I think I said this in the last episode very rarely do I stop in the middle of reading to look up fan art they're only like and definitely like never do I do that when it's not fantasy Mm -hmm. but there was something about these characters that I just like I needed to see them in my mind like very clearly and like I I loved the story. I loved the characters. I loved this hope for our country and just this like little bit of escapism to see like this is the kind of world that we envision. Um, And I think it was especially poignant for me to read this two months from our election. And the yeah the election in that book is a is the 2020 election and so it's like i remember there was another book i was reading recently that was also oh head over heels when we read Mm -hmm. head over heels it was i was reading it it was supposed to be a book about the 2020 olympics and i was reading it when the 2020 olympics were supposed to happen and they weren't happening and so there's this weird like parallel universe situation going on and that made me a little sad but when i was reading this and i was seeing dates like it was like september or whatever like it was literally like the day that i was reading the book was a day in this book oh that's kind of cool yeah it was it was cool and it didn't like have the same pain even though like it was definitely like it definitely weighed on me as I was reading it. It just it filled me with a little bit more hope, I think, mm-hmm. for like where we could be. And the other thing that I was thinking about, which is interesting, is that when Casey wrote this book, Megan and Harry whole situation um, with like, I don't even think they had been maybe they had been dating at that point. Do you know you know more than me? So, well, yes. So this book came out in 
May 2019. So Harry and Meghan had been married for a year. Okay, they had been married. And so there's some parallels there in that, like, it's an American marrying marrying into the royal family and there's all that. But they hadn't stepped down from their roles yet. Mm -hmm. And so I was reading this and I was like, I wonder if, like, now that we know that that's possible or in whatever, I wonder, like, would Henry ever do that? Like, would Henry step down from his responsibilities? He has the ability because he's not the... um, Right, just like Harry. So, right, yeah, he's the younger of the two brothers. So he could have the ability to do that, and certainly. In my mind, I picture... Alex and Henry, like starting a nonprofit and like living in New York. Like that's like what I picture. Well, so I think it's in the author's note where um, uh, Casey writes that the inspiration for this book like happened prior to the 2016 election. So it was sort of like a, they never um, could have imagined what type of world we would be living in. And so a story that was supposed to reflect what they thought our world would look like then became a kind of like an alternate reality of hope. And that's what I remember I finished it. And what I always tell people, I think I said this in the original pitch episode, is that it is the America that I want to live in. Yeah. Um, And it's just such a, it is so funny and the writing is so good. Um, the characters are so good. The characters stick with you. I think yeah. they just released new merch um, that say, like, Claremont 2020. Oh, my gosh. It. I need um, it. It does provide you with hope, and it isn't in America that – or in a world that I want to be a part of. But it also is not without its faults, too. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a utopian-like thing. I mean, there's obviously very real hardships that Alex and Henry go through, Um and I think that that was, it, it felt very honest in the way that it was told. Like, hey, th- this is this is difficult. This is this is a better world, but it's not a perfect world, and we still have right. a lot of work to do. And I, I I loved every bit of it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. I want to reread it. There's so many I, books I want to reread. <laughs> I know. I want to reread it already, and I literally just finished it. Oh. Yeah. And then another book that I gave five stars to that also is on my favorite shelf is The Worst Best Man. Loved it. That was another book that like surprised me so much. I got it because Mia Sosa came to this is like totally like what was pre-pandemic life because I went to an actual uh, book event and like saw her in the flesh. (laughs) Like was it was like last book event. Yes, I think so. Um, I think so. it was. That one is just such a great book of like I don't know. I I loved the characters. Um, it was a perfect rom com. Like it yeah. honestly, like it just felt like it warmed my heart. It also does a really great job about enemies to lovers. So so enemies to lovers is my favorite trope, like hands Same. down. But like as we saw. And like maybe alluded to a little bit with like books like The Hating Game, it can get into questionable territory because if you have two people that are like at odds with one another, you have to be careful not to cross that line to the point where 
it no longer is like healthy or feasible for those two people to end up together. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, and I think Mia, Mia Sosa even spoke to this at the book event that I went to, is like I felt like she did an excellent job of like knowing where the line was and not making either of the characters do anything that would be like unforgivable for a long-term lasting relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just think that it was flawless enemies to lovers. Like I absolutely swooned over that book. Like love, yeah. love, loved it. Enemies to lovers is also my favorite trope because like coming from an acting background, I love dialogue and I feel like mm-hmm. enemies to lovers always ends up having, having really great banter. Um, but yeah. in the this summer, I have become like the world's biggest fan of like second chance romance. That's um, so funny to me because that's my least. That's honestly probably my least favorite. Of the I tropes. know because, which is so so odd because I really am a firm believer. Like I know like in the real world, like obviously like people say like when you love something, set it free. If it comes back to you, it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally like don't. I just feel like you know things can have a timeline and that's okay. Like I think about like if I were to ever end up with like someone who I dated in my past, I'd be like, I was a completely different person then. Like it just wouldn't work. Um, but I mean, it's a specific type of second chance romance that I love. Um, which is odd because I would never want it for my own life. And I think because it can be kind of similar to there's like a crossover with like enemies to lovers in that sense where like or friends to lovers like I feel like it can be a good cross like you we just fell out of touch kind of thing because we grew up and went our separate ways and yeah 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 Yeah. and I I feel like even I mean the girl who used to know is an example of that um and a couple books that I am reading right now I think are also like first love found again or like something along those lines so I don't hate it I just it doesn't do it for you the same way I totally and I I think it's probably the banter I think it's probably because there's so much great potential for like witty humor in an enemies to lovers situation and even in a friends to um lover situation like Josh and Hazel when you have sharp characters like Mm -hmm. Hazel I never really was into it and then for some reason, like, I think I like, I, like I said, I think I like when there's a crossover. Um, and maybe it's just like the season of life that I'm in where I'm like, oh, like going back to old things. Yeah, I don't like nostalgia. know. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we know I'm a sucker for nostalgia. Like, mm-hmm. um, it also could be because like I'm, that's what I'm writing right now. Like I'm writing. Oh, very true. Yeah. Like a second chance romance, enemies to lovers crossover contemporary. Like that's what I'm currently working on. So it might just be like what my brain is gravitating towards right. subconsciously. I don't know. Well, okay, so if we were going to talk about read-alikes for some of these books, knowing, like, for example, um, The Girl He Used to Know is a second-chance romance, do you have – can you can you think of any, like, good read-alikes for a book like that? I – that's a hard one because it doesn't really read like romance sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if I have a read-alike for that one. I feel like it's kind of, it could be kind of similar to, I mean, this is literally just because it's the second chance romance, but um, Twice in a Blue Moon by Christina Lauren. I haven't read that one. Yeah, that one is um, 
boy and girl meet at like 16 and 18 or something along those lines. Um, and, or maybe it's 18 and 20, I can't remember, but younger, when they're younger. And then um, something happens and they like completely lose touch. And years later, they like, for, they find themselves in the same place again, which is very similar to how Annika and Jonathan find themselves. Yeah. I guess um, maybe the flat share. I, I the flat share to me felt similar in the sense that the romance snuck up on me. Yeah, like there were so many other things going on that built the characters um, and made us understand the characters more. Uh, so I guess that 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 okay. It's the flat share. That would be my <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. Um, any other read-alikes for any of the other books? Um, Josh and Hazel, I feel like, is just in, like, a league of its own. Well, you may disagree with me on this, but I feel like a surprising read-alike for that would be Serpent and Dove. Not a romance, but I feel like Lou and Hazel are very similar to one another. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, like, even Reed and Josh have, like, similar kind of personalities. Yeah. For mine... I'm going to say, okay, so a read-alike for The Worst Best Man. I'm going to go with, like, off the top of my head, I think that Unhoneymooners is, like, similar in, like, plot slash enemies. I guess an enemies to lovers with, like, a wedding-ish component, I Mm -hmm. guess. Yeah. And, like, the siblings of the... Yeah. 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 So the... If you don't know, um, The Worst Best Man is about a wedding planner who is left at the altar because the best man, her ex-fiance's younger brother, um, like made him question if he should be with her. Yeah. And then they, they come back. So the, the best man and the wedding planner come into contact with each other. Mm-hmm. And in um, The Unhoneymooners, it's the maid of honor in the wedding and the best man end up going on the honeymoon mm. of the bride and groom because everybody gets food poisoning. So it's like same or similar positions and similar backdrop, but like very different story. But they're both enemies to lovers. They're both like forced proximity. So they've, they've got similar tropes. So I would say if you've read The Unhoneymooners, for sure pick up The Worst Best Man because I will say a thousand times over, I think The Worst Best Man is better Mm. Um, and I loved it. Like the Unhoneymooners was one of the first contemporary romances I re- I read, and so for that I'll always be forever thankful. And I think I love Christina Lauren, but I just think that there are some other superior, like supreme authors that have written stellar books since then, and this is definitely up there and one of my yeah. favorite favorite romances of all time. I'm so glad I because I picked that up like when I saw it and requested it. It was just because I was like trying to do because I was doing like wedding Wednesdays on my blog, mm-hmm. like leading up to our wedding, and I was trying to like find like people kept asking me like for recommendations about like books that have weddings in them, um, and so anytime I would see anything wedding related, 
I wouldn't even read the description. I just was like, oh, request, request, request. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up with that one. And I loved it. And I'm so glad that you loved it too. That like yeah. warms my heart. I know. Um, I really liked it. And I cannot be, wait to read more from Mia Sosa. But I was talking to my friend Haley, who was on the podcast, Haley Berry's Books. And um, she said that The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue by Mackenzie Lee, which I will be reading very shortly, is a read-alike or is like Henry and Alex. Yeah, (laughs) character-like. Not necessarily a read-alike, but like Henry and Alex are very similar. Like their dynamic is very similar to Monty and Percy's dynamic in that book. So... I will to to be determined if I agree with that statement or not. But like I trust Haley unequivocally. I literally, if she told me to jump, I would say how high. Like so, yeah. I I have a feeling that I will agree with her. Yay! Well, we will be back next week with a fresh romance pitch episode full of new recommendations for each other um, that I'm really excited about. And hopefully we will have as much success with these as we did with our first pitch episode. Um, And remember, we are going to be reading and reviewing A Princess Theory by Alyssa Cole um, in this series. So if you want to read along with us, head over to our Instagrams at read and write and at underscore shelf love underscore for some interactive fun. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts and stop by today's Instagram post at read it or list it pod with your thoughts on today's episode. You can also stop by our websites, www.readandwrite.com and www.shelfloveboopblog.com for links to any of the books mentioned in this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.